Um, I don't know how many of you had the opportunity to uh, listen to my sermon from, from last week. I know a lot of you did, but and anyway, I, I, wanted, I, I spent some time this week reflecting on that passage of Scripture that I preached on last week, and um, it struck me that some of you, upon hearing that message, might have got all stirred up by some of the things that I had to say. Um, I didn't grow up going to church. Um, thus, I wasn't exposed to some of the things that y'all, or maybe some of you, were exposed to. For example, um, uh, fire and uh, brimstone preachers. Uh, I, I never experienced that, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and thus, my experience with God is different than maybe your experience with God. For example, my wife, Lisa, her grandma, her name is, was Carvalee Brooks, and, and I loved Carvalee. She was filled with more life and more zest uh, than almost anybody I'd ever know, even up till the day she died. But um, Carvalee grew up in a church down the hills of Missouri that, that uh, was, uh, they preached hellfire and brimstone every week. And thus her experience of God was quite different than my experience of God. And it, and it made me sad because I had this sense at least, and I could have been wrong, but I don't think I was. My sense was that her, her faith experience was, grew out of a sense of fear. And, and mine didn't. We'd have conversations that went something like this. And it was always good natured. But we'd have conversations with something like this. She would say, she'd say, Craig, don't you believe in the judgment of God? And I would say, well, um, yeah, I guess I do. But it doesn't make me afraid. And she says, but, but don't you know that the Bible says that we, we should fear God? And at the time, I probably didn't know that, but it does. Her experience of faith and her experience of God was so different than mine. Now, here's my question for you this morning. Who was right? Carvalee or Craig? Well, the fact of the matter, in some respects, we were both right. And this morning, I want to try to explain to you how that could be. Um, but ultimately, this is what I hope you'll get from what I have to say today. I hope that you will understand by the time I'm done today that as a Christian, when I, call, when I say as a Christian, what I'm saying is, what I'm, what I'm proclaiming is, that as someone who has accepted Jesus Christ into their heart as Lord and Savior, as a Christian, we need not fear anything at all. I'm going to show you why. Okay? We're going to start like this. First thing I want to do is I want to start by... Uh, um, acknowledging a truth. And the truth is that language is often very um, inadequate. There's, there's often things that we as human beings feel or that we, that we struggle to um, explain with a word. Take the word fear, for example. When you, when, in the Bible, when the Bible talks about fear... There are, um, there's, there's nuances of that word that need to be explained that really can't be explained with just the one word, fear. 
For example, when the Bible talks about fear, generally it's talking about two different nuances of that word fear. There's something called filial fear, F-I-L-I-A-L, filial fear and servile fear. Now, what's the difference between these two kinds of fear, these nuances of fear? Well, filial fear, and I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, is the fear, for example, if I was going to give you an analogy, is the fear that a, a child may have of their parent. They're, they know their parent loves them, but they are fearful at the same time because they know that if they do something wrong, their parent may, they fear that their parent may discipline them. Um, now, they, don't, they, they know their parent loves them, right? But they may fear the discipline of the parent. That's filial fear. Um, servile fear is kind of love or feelings really don't have anything to do with it. It's more like law-based. It's more like uh, I, I fear that if I break the law, I will go to prison. That makes sense? So it's just cause and effect kind of thing. So we know when the Bible talks about fear, we often, when the word is used in scripture, we, we have to understand that there are these nuances of that word that may apply in different ways and in different circumstances. Let's go back to last week's message. For, I, last week we preached on, I preached from a passage, as you may recall, um, on uh, the great tribulation and the judgment of God. For humanity in general, we ought to fear the great tribulation and the judgment of God. That's servile fear. But for Christians, people who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we need not fear the great tribulation. Not that it's not going to be bad, but because you have accepted the grace of God, the great judgment or the great tribulation um, is actually filled with hope at the same time. So you need not fear it like, like humanity in general. We all deserve it because we have all sinned, but we need not fear it like humanity in general fears it because we have received the grace and the forgiveness of God. You see the difference? Christians, uh, the only fear that Christians uh, really legitimately need to fear is um, we, God loves us enough, just as, as a parent would love their, their child enough to discipline them that they might become the people that they want them to be. Not punishment, but discipline, right? If, if we as Christians are to fear God at all, it would be filial fear, the fear of discipline, because God loves us enough that he will discipline us to help us become the people that we are created to be. All of that, I say, bringing us up to our passage of scripture for this morning, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. So if you have your Bibles, I hope you will open them up to me uh, with me. And I really encourage you, I, I was talking with a friend of mine, Todd, this past week, and and you hear me every week say this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a little bit of extra time just reminding you that this isn't me just giving lip service to it. I really would love it if you would bring your Bibles with you. And if you, uh, because you need to, don't trust me, okay? Don't just trust me because I'm your pastor. Because I get things wrong, and I want you to be able to check in the Word of God to make sure that what I'm saying is what the Word of God says. Okay? So I want you, if you're able, I want you to, 
to bring your Bibles every week. And today I want you to open them up to the New Testament book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. And this is what it says. It says that there is no fear. Listen to me now. There is no, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. For perfect love casts out all fear. This is a huge, you need to underline, you got a Bible, you need to underline that. Perfect love casts out all fear. For the, so those who fear have not been perfected in love. Now that's not a judgment. You, need, you know, Don't hear it that way. It, it's not saying that if you fear, you're not loved. It's saying that, that if you fear, you have not yet been perfected in love. Now, what in the world does that mean? In some ways, if you listen to that, you're going, well, that seems almost contradictory to some of the stuff that we've been saying. Well, let me try to explain to you what I mean. And I think the best way for me to explain to you what 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 is saying, the best way is is to go back to this story I was telling you about Lisa's grandma, Carver Lee Brooks. I told you before that she grew up in a church down in the hills of Missouri that preached hellfire and brimstone. If you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll, you're gonna, you'll experience the, the fires of hell. And that, the fear of the fires of hell, was enough to motivate Carver Lee to accept to become a Christian. But the fear, she, it, it, was, it was so pervasive within her that she struggled to move from fear to love. I don't know if any of you are there, or if, you, if you know anybody like that, but, but that was her. She struggled to move from the motiv motivation of fear to love. As I explained to you earlier, that, that was never my experience. When I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life, I did it because I just fell in love with Him. Is the judgment of God real? Absolutely is real, but that's not what motivated me. I fell in love with Him. I was just over at Earl and Carol's house visiting the other day, and I was sharing with them my, my conversion experience, and and I was on a football field at the Unidome, not in a church, whatever that means. I was on a football field and, and I remember thinking, I love Jesus. Now, I don't, I don't say any of that. I don't say that, that, I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I, generally, it's because I, I, I didn't have what Carvalee experienced. I didn't have that life experience that she had or like some of you have had. That's why I was motivated by love first because I didn't know that I was supposed to be afraid. <laughs> so listen to me. Here's the good news. The good news is that if you're faith and thus your relationship with God has been 
affected by fear. The good news is that today God wants to perfect it with love. God wants to transform your relationship with Him from fear to love. To be perfected in love. Carvali was laying on her deathbed in the hospital and she was paralyzed with fear. She was afraid to die because she knew that she hadn't been a good person. Oh, relatively, she was a good person, right? If anybody deserved to go to heaven, well, she knew that nobody deserved to go to heaven. And she was afraid that because of the sins that she had committed in her life, that she wasn't going to get to go. And I was struggling to help her understand. And at one point I felt like the Lord said to me, just ask her a simple question. So I said, Carvely, have you accepted Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior? And she says, of course I have. You know that I have, Craig. And I said, that's right. I know that you have. But more importantly, God knows that you have. Listen to me. God knows that you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And the fact is you aren't good enough to get into heaven, but Jesus is, right? And even in those moments when, when you committed sin knowing that it was sin and you did it willingly and willfully, the goodness of God and the love of Jesus even fills in the cracks of that. You're going to heaven not because of anything you did. You're going because of what Jesus has done. And as we sat and we you could almost feel the atmosphere of the room change because all of a sudden it started. She goes, oh my gosh. I think I get it. And she ceased being afraid. Or you might say that she found herself being perfected in love. Now, let's bring this home today, okay? Because of what's happened this year in particular, it's quite possible that a lot of you, if not most of you, are living in fear most every day. Every time the sky clouds up, you may be thinking, oh my gosh, here comes another storm. That's the way my grandson feels. He gets almost panicky. He's the one that had the tree fall in the house, right? Many of us are 
fearful of leaving the house because of the pandemic. We're afraid to pick up the phone for the bad news that will be on the other end of the line. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? What does 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says? Perfect love casts out all fear. You do not need to live in fear. Oh, you can choose to live in fear, and there you have a right to be afraid. But you have a choice not to be afraid. Are you hearing me? And the reason why it is righteous and right to choose not to be afraid is because of Jesus. Not because the, the things that are possible aren't real, but because Jesus is real and he's already overcome this stuff. He's even also overcome death. Are you listening to this? I am tired of living in fear. I am tired of watching all of you live in fear. I understand why. But it doesn't have to be. We can be perfected in love. Now that doesn't mean be stupid. It doesn't mean make choices that uh, will unnecessarily put us in harm's way. That's not what it means. It means stop being afraid. And choose to live with joy and hope. Because that's what belongs. That's your heritage. Because you belong to Jesus. Choose to be perfected in love. We've been talking these last few weeks about finding peace in the midst of the storm. Well, this is part of it. Does that make sense to you? Part of finding peace in the midst of all the chaos that is life is choosing to be perfected in love, choosing to realize and to embrace the truth of God that says perfect love casts out all fear. The band's going to be coming up here and uh, leading us in a final song today. I want you to know, I want any of you to know, that if you've been living in fear and you're tired of it, and you need, you want to embrace that perfect love that we've been talking about today, and whatever that feels like for you, whatever that looks like for you, I'm going to be standing right over here, and I would, I'll pray with every single one of you, it doesn't matter how long it takes, I'd pray with every single one of you if that's what needs to happen. To cast out that fear that is not of God. Because perfect love, which is Jesus, casts out all fear. If you need to pray, I'll be right over here.
lost or saved find their way at the sound of your great name all condemned feel no shame at the sound of your great name every fear has no
Would you please bow your heads and pray with us? Lord Jesus, we do praise your great name and your name alone this morning. Lost are saved. They do find their way. The fatherless find their rest. The sick are healed and the dead are raised. We really do have no reason to fear on this side of heaven and beyond because of your power to save. Will you perfect us in love this morning? Will you cast out all fear, Lord, as we reach out for you? We pray that you might do that so that we can reach a world that is afraid right now. We can bring your name out to them so that they can be delivered just like we have been delivered. We ask that you would do this for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Have a blessed week.